Renovation Made Right podcast is partnering with our friends at Renify. We know that planning a renovation is stressful enough, so let the experts take care of the financing. Renify's innovative loan options allow you to borrow more money and create a home that you love today. I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. All right, welcome back to another edition of Renovation Made Right. Uh, We are very glad to have you with us. I am David Bryan. And I am Brenda Bryan. And uh, so in advance of us getting rolling on the recording here, our ace producer Merrill has suggested that I let everybody know uh, while we're recording today, there's also some construction work going on in the building because, after all, we are a construction company, uh, and we're making some improvements to our home. Finally. And, yeah, finally. Cobbler's so, kids get no shoes. So there's a chance you might hear a muted skill saw or a muted screw gun noise, and uh, and that's not that's actually just maybe, maybe it's as authenticity. But yeah, we're not, I was going to say actually, like sound effects. Yeah, but it's not like pumped in from the uh, from a, a mixing board. It's no, actually real. It's actually so, real. So sorry about that in advance, but uh, hopefully that'll work out okay. So anyway. We have some stuff we want to talk with you about. Um, and before we do that, again, thank you to all those folks who have been tuning in and listening and for the liking and the subscribing. We and, really appreciate And for it. your questions. We love the listener questions and appreciate them. And A, it's like proof that people are listening. Yep, <laughs> that, so right, funny, exactly. Right? And B, uh, it's uh, it's you know more fun than just listening to us babble about nothing. Right? I don't know. We have a pretty good time just babbling about nothing. Well, we do, but I'm not sure listeners really appreciate mm, that so much. Not. So, um, all right. So this show we have never like really titled a show before, but this show is going to have a title. It's ooh w- right. Oh, right. I'm so excited. And it's like if we had a drum roll, with this, we keep the cost of the overhead <laughs> down without the drum roll. So Ding. we don't Go know what we don't know. That's the title of the show. We don't know what we don't know. We're sophomores. <laughs> is that what that that's is? That's the meaning is that of the that. definition of a sophomore? Yeah, we don't know. Like, we well, don't. It's like freshmen don't. Oh, no, I guess you're a freshman. Okay. Yeah, sophomores know that they don't know. Right. Jun- don't juniors know don't know that they know, and seniors know that they know. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. All right, very We're good. We're freshmen. That's fine. So we can be freshmen today. But this is sort of a, as hopefully many of you know who've listened, uh, we are actually remodeling contractors, kitchen designers, uh, remodeling designers. We, we, there's a lot of, we're full service remodeling contractors. Um, and we, we've been doing this for a long time. We've been at this for almost 33 years. Um, and I'd like to think we're pretty good at it and know our stuff. However, want to be sort of, uh, you know, open, candid, and share with you guys that, uh, that there's times when we walk onto projects and we're like, huh? <laughs> That was a great one. Huh? Right, exactly. Yeah. A little Scooby Doo. Huh? <laughs> um, and uh, there's times we sometimes walk into projects that we uh, we think we scope the project right, and then as we get into it, we realize that okay, something is is different than we expected, or in some cases, meaningfully different. Um, and even 
in the eyes of the, here's a here's kind of a catchphrase that it that happens in sort of construction contract law if you will like the eyes of a prudent contractor mm-hmm. in the eyes of a prudent contractor right so that's one of the things that's the standard that we have to be held to um and frankly that's the low bar but that's like you basically going to a doctor and and, and you know the doctor's got to deliver a certain standard of care. Mm-hmm. So in our mind, when you go to a contractor, the contractor has to deliver a certain level of, of knowledge and understanding of your existing home so that they can then do a good job with the renovation modification, right? right? right. So if you don't understand how the house is put together, it's going to be super hard to be correct and effective to make the modifications. Correct. Right? Yep. So... I wanted to share with you, and and we put ourselves under a lot of pressure um, to try to make sure that we have as few surprises as possible for clients, um, and that as we go into the process, uh, you know, we have very little reason to say, oh, I'm terribly sorry, but there's going to have to be a change order, right? If we want, if there's going to be a change order, we want that to be something that the client generated and said, hey, you know, while you guys are here, can you do this? Right. Right. But time from time to time, some things happen. Uh, that uh, that surprise us and that we don't anticipate. So um, we, uh, you know, let, let's start out with a couple of things that uh, that we run into that take us a little off field. So, so first of all, keep in mind that this is all behind the drywall or the plaster or right. You know, we find things sometimes that that we don't expect and should not be there. Um, I found it in a project once a giant cross in the wall i'm not talking small i'm talking like jesus carried it on his back <laughs> that size yeah whack now, it didn't get in the way of the project but it was you know you find things it's and you never know what you're gonna find right. you do you do enough work in enough old homes right some, exactly. weird, stuff's gonna some weird stuff is happening and since we don't have x-ray vision this is these are some of the things that that we find so anyway what a common one is and it's not common enough to include it and charge people for it when it's not there, is um, framing that's been destroyed by plumbers and or electricians or other subcontractors. Right. Now, I, now I want to be careful because the other the other thing, especially... We love plumbers and electricians, right? Exactly. Right? Like, this, exactly. Is not, this is not a knock. Right. No, we do. Um, but when it comes to modifying framing to make space for pipes to run or room for electrical work to run... Um, we prefer our carpenters to do that work mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, mo- many, many times, unless the home is relatively new, when we're doing renovation work, it's not the first time a project was renovated. Right. Right. And so if it's not the first time, especially if you're in a much older home, we might be remodeling a bathroom and that bathroom did not exist in the home at its inception. Right. So right. somebody pre indoor plumbing. Right. Somebody yeah. retrofit that bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that means they busted out the sawzall or busted out what they call a whole hog, which a whole hog is a big nasty drill with all kinds of power to mm-hmm. drill pipes or drill holes for pipes. And they started going at it. And maybe, maybe they went at like the main carrying beam, mm-hmm. right? And maybe they went after a couple of purlins or other timbers in an older home. And you then, have to explain what a purlin is. You can't just throw that word out and then just leave people hanging. So That's P U R L O I N S. I N. P U R L I N. Ah, purlin. See, I didn't even get it. I have the purloin. That's different. No. <laughs> oh, that's very different. That, that would be to filch. Yes. No. Yes. yes. So, okay, so a purlin. Yes. Um, so <laughs> we're being proof of us studying our SAT words. Right? <laughs> and uh, and so anyway, it, 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 let's let's just let's just. Re- generically call it sort of floor framing in older homes mm-hmm. right and sometimes even in older homes if you didn't if it wasn't a timber framed home 
you might just have rough sawn lumber, or in some cases, even just logs that made up the home. And they're not really, especially if the rough sawn lumber was a little smaller than today's code would require, um, they're not all that receptive to having large chunks of them cut out. Mm -hmm. And more than that, um, there's a right way and a wrong way to compromise uh, structural members, right? So when we drill holes through framing material, we want to drill right through the dead center of the framing material, mm -hmm. right? And, and the, the code allows for that up to a certain size based on the size of the framing. But unfortunately, that's not always the easiest thing to do. And, you know, sometimes people who don't have an appreciation for structure, like people who aren't carpenters, mm -hmm. will just start like, hacking like, away. Right. Somebody right. may have done 100 years ago their right. own DIY and so not are, understood yeah. the... the dynamics and the engineering behind framing. Right. And so there, there are times when we'll go into a home, we'll do the gut work, and then once we're gutted, we're, you know, left to go, holy cow, that's a big problem, mm -hmm. right? And we have to actually go backward and do some structural work before we can go forward and start building the bathroom again, right? right? right. So those are things that are, uh, that like, that's an example of a left turn that we have to take, and, and, and we have to charge more for that when that happens, uh, because we just couldn't predict it, you know, because our x-ray vision is failing us. Right. right? And, and by the way, these are the, and we're going to talk about a lot of different um, issues here, but these are why we say, you know, put a put in your budget. Don't don't go all the way up to the top of your right. budget. Put in some wiggle room because there is probably, especially if you live in an older home, there's going to be something. And that's the big that deal. The, the older home side of it is the real big deal. If you live in a new, in a in a more recently built home, uh, generally, with you're working with a good, competent contractor who's given you good specifications and who's actually got in and done their due diligence. They actually spent time in the basement. They looked around in the attic. They checked out how things are put together. They did all. You can be pretty confident if they're telling you, be confident mm -hmm. that you don't. You can actually spend closer to up to your budget and don't leave that buffer. But if you're in an older home, uh, you know, you need to leave yourself a buffer. Mm -hmm. And if you were planning on spending $50,000, don't sign a contract for 50. Sign mm -hmm. a contract for 45. Right. Right. And so. actually, once you get the, you know, once you get the, the demo done and you get the framing done, you can be more sure. Like if not, if you didn't run into anything bad, well, exactly. then you got some money to play with and maybe exactly. you can up, upgrade something that you were thinking about upgrading. Right. Once we've exposed uh, the stuff that's typical surprises, uh, then the, the margin of error gets much, much smaller, right? So that, that makes a lot of sense. Right. So other things that we've found, um, you know, in terms of, uh, of surprises, there have been times when we've taken down in, in, the, in the gutting process, in the, in the demolition process, taken down the finishes and found mold. Sometimes we've found mold between layers of material. Sometimes we've found, you know, mold, uh, you know, just in, in, uh, in insulation areas. There's, you know, it can happen where, uh, you could not tell from the outside, but that area had been compromised and either from moisture getting in from the outside or moisture getting in from the inside had then allowed mold to proliferate. Right. right? And it can be a real health hazard, right. like serious health hazard for right. the people in there. And so it's, it is something you need to address. You can't just cover it up and, right. and you know, keep going. And mold needs three things. Mold needs the right temperature range. It, mo it needs mo the right amount of moisture and it needs a food source. So if it's if and wood or paper or anything organic is a food source for it, and and if you give it the right rest of the the, the other two right. variables, you're going to get it. So right? how we remediate that is typically like feeling figuring out where's the moisture coming from because right. that's the biggest issue. Yeah, and then depending on how expansive it is, like there was a, a attic that we went into that where we in a previous show we just talked about uh, a bathroom ventilation and they ventilate bath fans up into the attic. Uh, and the entire underside of the sheathing of the attic was black, 
That, like not just around the bath fans, it had gone in the whole attic. That's At that attic. point in time, you're calling in a professional company to remediate that mold, uh-huh, uh-huh. and they're going to do any number of things to just to to get rid of it, like soda blasting or ice blasting or uh, or uh, encapsulation or using not encapsulation, but there's uh, radiation chemicals they can use. There's a lot of things, but regardless, mold is often a surprise, and we need to not stick it. You know, not like stick our head in the sand about it. We need to we need to uh, do the right thing from a health perspective to get rid of it, which often is an unknown. Before we go on to the next topic that we want to share with you that we got surprised by is uh, is provide some thanks and appreciation to our sponsor, Renify. One of the things that we find great about Renify is that their market is our market. We are talking to people who are considering doing uh, home improvements to their home, and Renify's market is going after folks who are looking for money from a refinance perspective to renovate and modify and improve their homes. So what does Renify do? Renify connects you with any number of credit unions that are nonprofit credit unions to connect you with the access to funds to do the work you want to do. One of the things that's unique about Renify is that they will also allow you to have the ability to not just borrow money based on the equity in your home, but borrow money based on the fact that the improvements you're making to your home actually add value too. So you can get a percentage of the things of the, of the work that you're doing that adds value. If your house is currently $350,000 and you're going to do $100,000 of work, you can actually get some of the equity that you're building to borrow against to make the, to, to allow you to then finance that project if you otherwise didn't have enough equity to draw on, right? So Renify is a very responsive company uh, and will help you find the lender that you need to, uh, to go ahead and build the project you want to build. Renify is not a lender. Rather, they've partnered with lenders that leverage Renify's technology to seamlessly provide Renify loans. Renify loans may not be available in your state. For a complete list of licensed states, please visit renify.com forward slash notices forward slash licenses. Renify is licensed as a mortgage broker and its NMLS ID number is 1802847. So back to our topic. Here's some other stuff that we find. Brass pipe. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk right? it? So brass, there was a time, uh, you know, all building products go through sort of, uh, I guess, you know, their time in the sun, mm-hmm. right? And there was a time as people were bringing uh, indoor plumbing into existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I've, I've read that the fall of Rome was because of lead pipes. Lead. Yeah. Right? Well, that's... One reason, but yes. Yeah, among others, probably. Yeah. Yep. And too uh, much time in the vomitorium. <laughs> yeah, that can't be good. Either. That can't be good. Right. So, uh, and so in our case, you know, as as things were evolving and we we're getting to where we are now, well, I, even now we're still having evolution, and we'll probably continue to have evolution. So, you know, we moved uh, from brass pipe to copper pipe to now we're we're using varying forms of plastic pipe, uh, and uh, and then I'm sure that'll continue to change over time. But regardless. Uh, brass pipe's a problem because it does a couple things. One, um, it does what they call tuberculate over time, which means uh, something about the way the brass is made up, it, it, it tends to um, capture material inside it, mm-hmm. right? And so instead of being a smooth surface, like if you put it's, a piece of copper... It's like you need a bypass, essentially. Yeah, exactly. It's like the same it's, thing it's, that it's, hearts to, it's not a bypass. happens what to your... You, what do they call it when you... Uh, not a bypass, but like a stint. Is that it? Yeah, right. Just so, like ream that sucker out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's even another term, I think. But we're, we're way outside our depth now. <laughs> no, we so, really are. Yes, but but the bottom line is that uh, brass, you know. Some doctor's going to have to help us. We're going to have to have a guest just exactly. to like, help us with our, with our metaphors. But if you cut a chunk of brass pipe out with a sawzall and you look in the end of it, 
the inside of the brass pipe is much smaller than the outside because over the course of time, mm -hmm. debris has built up on the inside of it. Mm -hmm. Not true of copper, not true of plastic. That stuff will stay the same interior dimension. So, so when we run into brass pipe, which often we don't see it until uh, we do demolition because any of the brass pipe in the basement in almost every home has already been replaced mm -hmm. years ago because it becomes very ineffective and you can't readily marry brass pipe and copper pipe. It's a hassle to make that happen, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, occasionally we'll still find it hidden in walls. And when we do, we kind of got to go backward. We got to get rid of the brass pipe. Um, and uh, and we don't presume that to be the case. Uh, so that can often be a little surprise. Yep. Right? We also find asbestos and vermiculite. We do find asbestos and vermiculite, right? So asbestos, everybody's heard of asbestos before. Um, we typically find asbestos uh, in uh, wrapped around pipes, mm -hmm. sometimes even behind walls wrapped around pipes, more often visible in the basement. And that's another reason why you want a prudent contractor. A prudent contractor should be able to almost always by eye identify. Mm -hmm. And and by the way, asbestos in and of itself is not a health hazard. It's not right. a problem. It becomes a problem when, it be, when it's made to be friable, right? When it becomes airborne. Mm -hmm. And that usually only happens when you mess with it, mm -hmm. right? If you mess with it and it's not encapsulated, then you got a problem. You've right. now got asbestos particles in the air getting into people's lungs, making things bad, right? Mm -hmm. But you but can actually... if you leave it alone... If you leave it alone, okay. if, if, if the scope of the work you're doing doesn't require the pipe to be messed with, you don't have to change it out. You don't have to get rid of it. But if you're impacting the heating system, as a matter, as an example, or impacting hot water lines, as an example, and you're going to be messing with it, it's either got to be encapsulated, meaning that they, they can put a plastic and then paper coating around it, different ways to encapsulate it. You got to see encapsulate it with a painted product as mm -hmm. well. But as long as it's encapsulated, meaning that the airborne side of it will not become a problem for you, then you're actually fine. Leave it alone, right? Alternatively, if you can't, if you do have to mess with it because you're making meaningful changes to the system, you need to hire a, a, a licensed asbestos remediation company to come mm -hmm. in, right? And Which is not cheap. It is not inexpensive uh, because it's a pretty serious health hazard, right? Mm -hmm. So the people that are doing the work have to be certified. They use the right equipment. They create negative air pressure in the space. They are very clean conscious, right? And, that, and making sure that they're not letting any of the asbestos migrate into your home. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know... It, it, it's that's less of a surprise. However, vermiculate, you know what vermiculate is? You put it in plants. You can put like it in it's plants. Like it's that's that white stuff in the in the potting soil. Right, right, exactly. Um, which is fine in potting soil, not so good in your house, right? Okay. There are, uh, and it's not all vermiculate that's problems. So the reason why you can still get vermiculate and you can see it in planting is because there are different mines where you used to get vermiculite, where you can get vermiculite, and there are some mines where vermiculite is actually carcinogenic. Right? Really? And, yeah, and there's somewhere it's not a problem. So, where do you find vermiculite? You typically find vermiculite What's the difference up between in cancerous attic. versus non-cancerous vermiculite, and how does one tell? Well, so it, there's a testing procedure. Does it have you can like go a through. bad face on it? No, you can't tell that way. Uh, but there's a <laughs> testing procedure, so you can uh, you can go through the process of taking a sample of vermiculite to a local testing facility, and, and they will tell you. How is it used you. in the house? Sorry. See, I'm like this is new to me. How is it used in the house? Yeah. So is insulation. So, oh, it's like blown up in the attic kind it of is, thing. It is. It uh... is. But it's when it's blown up in the attic, though. And that's the other. That's the other problem. It's blown up in the attic. It's it's never blown like today. If you look at insulation, insulation super fluffy, right? Mm -hmm. It takes up mm -hmm. a lot of space. This is vermiculite was used as insulation back in the day. And what back in what day? Uh, back in maybe the. I don't know, 20s to 50s, maybe? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's not, uh, please don't hold me to that, but something like that, I guess. And uh, maybe 60s. Um, but 
at that point in time, uh, it was blown into your attic, and it was never as fluffy as it. So it never, ever got up to the, like, to the top of the ceiling joist or mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You, you might find it like, an inch of it or two inches of it. And the reason why sometimes it can be a surprise is because let's say your contractor was doing their due diligence and they did a swing through the attic to check on the you know on how things are put together and somebody's put new and somebody's put fiberglass right, in there yeah. or somebody's put cellulose in there i would not actually hold it against a contractor if, not he, if, if he didn't, right. if he didn't actually dig in through the insulation, try to say what's underneath here, get there right down to it, right? right? So now you're on the second floor, you're renovating a second floor bathroom, and you pull the ceiling down, and, and the first piece, of, the first piece it. of material you pull down, vermiculite's raining on your head. Mm. Okay, that's a health hazard, mm. right? And or it can be a health hazard. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're actually, by the way, just as an aside, there's government funding that can help you get rid of vermiculite. Uh, to uh, you know, to hire the right contractor and, and help you reduce the cost of that because it is a health hazard, right? Okay, so, good. Uh, something to be mindful of. All right. All right. So then there's we have some other stuff like previous remodels that butchered what was there. Yep. So that's always a problem. Improperly vented plumbing is a problem. We often run into that. Um, but again, uh, virtually. Oh, multiple ceilings. That's yes. always a good one. One ceiling put over another over another, right? Yeah. So like people are just like, oh, that was falling down. We'll just put up a new thing. And all of a sudden you have three layers of, of ceiling and the contractor didn't know. They're just looking at the final one saying, yeah, this. Right. 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 And, and, and the reality is you know, most clients are perfectly understandable about that. Um, but. No contractor wants to charge you for more than the more work than they think is due, right. and they, everyone needs to be competitive. And and so if we see if we think there's only one ceiling, okay, we're going to go with one ceiling and we're going to tear that down. If when we find when we do that, we find oh no, that was actually, you know, covering up you know multiple layers of previous problems. And by the way, somewhere in one of those problems is probably lead paint, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that can kind of compound things. So there's mm-hmm. another example of things to be to be mindful of, right? Yep. Um, and, you know, it's also not uncommon to uh, find in older homes, especially, where uh, where people have decided, you know what, I want to retrofit some insulation. So I'm going to blow some cellulose in the walls of my house. Mm-hmm. Even today, that's still a good and, and successful technology. However, it's not always a perfect solution because as you're blowing cellulose into your wall bays, your, your stud bays, sometimes you think that you've drilled in the right place and you're drilling it through. But what you're actually doing is filling the ceiling of the of the first floor. Mm-hmm. Right? But you're actually filling the ceiling of the first floor, and you have no idea. And the guy on the end of the hose who's pumping cellulose in is thinking he's actually filling up the stud bay. Yeah. But in fact, he's, he's filling, filling the up whole everything. Right? right. And so then, when you go to do your demolition and you pull down the first piece of material, and a rain of cellulose comes down, and now has doubled the amount of time you have to clean up. Well, okay. If a contractor turned around to a homeowner and said, well, "This shouldn't be here. I got to charge you more," that's not crazy, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, Let's see, hidden rot. That's yep. a common one. Yep, yep. That's a, that's all that. And, and sometimes there are good indicators, and sometimes there aren't. Right. Right. Sometimes it's been a slow, steady leak that's just been allowing enough moisture to get in there for to the make, last twenty years. Right. To make right. that material be just in the right condition to be usually around windows, doors, that kind of thing. Like like where it just slowly gets in there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, other things like, you, you know, if your contractor looks at your electrical panel and says, "Hey," Um, I know that you uh, that that you're gonna need a sub panel for this, or you got a couple openings, and and that should be fine. Uh, and thinks you don't need to buy a new panel. Well, that's great. Your your electrical your plumbing contract. I'm sorry, your general contractor is probably not gonna know what manufacturers are out of business, and what aren't. And there are some manufacturers that have proprietary breakers, and if you can't get them anymore, you got a problem, right? Mm. So you know, 
there, there are limits to even, to the average general contractor's knowledge about the specifics of each industry, mm -hmm. right? So that's something to be mindful of as mm -hmm. well. Um, so I uh, we're getting the wrap-up side from, from Meryl. Yeah, I know. She's, and like, I think, she's no fun. She's always like, <laughs> stop talking. We're like, but we're happy talking. Yeah, but the point being that, that you obviously want to work with a contractor who brings um, competence and, uh, and, a, and a sense of caring to your project, but... Uh, there are always, almost always going to be surprises unless you're working in a subdivision of a home that was built in the last 10 years. Right. Very likely to be surprises. So be mindful of that and plan for that in your budget and plan for that in your perception of the situation so it keeps your stress down. Right. Exactly. Right? All right. Well, this has been another edition of Renovation Made Right. We are so happy that you joined us today. I am Brenda Bryan. I am David Bryan. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this week of Renovation Made Right. We are ecstatic to partner with our friends over at Renify to deliver these podcasts to you. If you are looking to fund your renovation, head on over to Renify.com. That's R-E-N-O-F-I.com and check them out. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, RenovationMadeRight.com, and follow us on social media at RenovationMadeRight. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.